Hello! <laughs> and welcome to this week's edition of Slade, the Buffyverse Revisited. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Jeremy. I'm your other host, James. And this week, I am clearly high. No, I'm not. Um, but we will be getting into Season 2, Episode 19, I Only Have Eyes for You. We will, yes. Uh, I've told you to stop uh, doing meth before we record. Well, I did, so I just sniffed glue instead. <laughs> just huffed some Elmers? Yes, I huffed some Elmers. And uh, so I'm raring to go. Good, you good. Know, you know, you know um, how that is. Right. As, as a well, former like, Elmer's addict yourself, you, you know how it is. Right, right. It's hard, hard um, habit to kick. Right. Last week, uh, full disclosure to the to the listening, well, and viewing audience, um, when I signed into to the call to record, Jeremy was doing whippets. Yes. With 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 my pants like with my pants off, like a fucking high school kid yep. who can't afford real drugs. Right. So I was doing some uh, whippets with my pants off, and I was singing some kind of show tune, wasn't it? Uh, it was. Um, it was. Um, uh, well, it's too. Go- there. It's been too long of a pause now. It's the, the joke's not going to yep. be funny. Anymore. You lost it. You lost it. <laughs> I lost it. I couldn't keep it going. Yeah. I was trying to think of something from The Greatest Showman, and uh, <laughs> I just completely blanked. It, so. w- welcome to your forties. Uh, <laughs> I whiffed that one. <laughs> God damn it! Swing and a miss. So, uh, why don't you? Um, crack open that crock pot that's full of delicious dates and deets. I will do that. As previously stated, we are reviewing Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 2, Episode 19, the 31st episode of the series overall. I only have eyes for you. Our episode director this week is James Whitmore Jr. and Our episode credited writer is Marty Noxon. Our original air date was April 28th, 1998 on the now defunct WB network. Our regular cast, as always, includes Sarah Michelle Geller as Buffy, Nicholas Brendan as Xander, Allison Hannigan as Willow, Charisma (laughs) Charisma Carpenter as Cordelia, David Boreanaz as as Angel, and Anthony Stewart Head as Giles. Our guest stars this week include James Marsters as Spike, Juliet Landau as Drusilla, Armin Shimmerman as Principal Snyder, Meredith Salinger as Grace Newman, Christopher Gorham as James Stanley, John Hawks as George, Miriam Flynn as Miss Frank, Brian Reddy as Police Chief Bob, and James Lurie as Mr. Miller. Were you going to say something? I was just going to say a couple of things there. Um, Number one, Armin Shimmerman as Principal Snyder has been missing for several episodes. So he that's nice been. to have him back. And um, I forgot what the other thing I was going to say because I'm in my 40s. <laughs> so go ahead. Our episode synopsis this week reads, The ghosts of a former teacher and student who were romantically involved with each other haunt the halls of Sunnydale High School by inhabiting the bodies of current students. Well, fuck. Why do we even need to be here? I mean, that pretty much know. tells the episode um i've been your other host james <laughs> <laughs> i mean 
Mine is, uh, mine says, Sunnydale High School is haunted by the ghosts of a former student and teacher who reenact their tragic romance through the bodies of the school's current inhabitants. So again, I guess we can just sign off. <laughs> right. I mean, okay. fuck. Well, it's been fun. It's been uh, it was fun. nice to talk to you yeah. uh, briefly yeah, there, nice Jeremy. To, nice to see um, the audience for about five. <laughs> Uh, let's jump into our cold open where we are at the bronze and, uh, uh, we see Willow walking around and, uh, looking up and she spots Buffy on one of the catwalks, uh, above the, above the, the dance floor and Buffy's watching the goings ons and she's approached by a attractive young man who tries to get her to invite him to the Sadie Hawkins dance and, she rejects him and uh yeah she um, just she's like fuck you nerd and he just jump throws himself off the catwalk he was i i yeah he just like winged himself right off of it <laughs> he it was just yeeted awful. himself right off the rail i um uh as i was watching this i was like this is this uh approach and rejection like this should be like uh, it should be taught in some sort of like man class or something. Because, man class. Because <laughs> this dude, like, he approached, he took his shot, he got rejected, and he killed himself. He no, and like <laughs> he handled it. He walked away like a champ. Like this is this is how this is how all guys should handle rejection. But we can agree that once he got down back to the lower level with his buddies, that he did kill himself. Right. No, when he got back, like he was respectful to Buffy. Right. Right. Like, right. like when she rejected him, which is what I really liked. And it, which is why I say this should be taught like sure. to two young men as the, how to approach things. Right. But, but 100% when he got back to his groups of friends and they were like, Oh, what happened? He was 100%. He was like, Oh, she's a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> she's a fucking lesbian. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, cause he was so, a nineties, a nineties dude. So, you know, right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, she rejects him and, uh, he, he walks away and then, uh, uh, Buffy comes down to the ground floor and meets up with Willow and says she's going to head over and see if Giles wants her to patrol and then, uh, you know, call it a night. And uh, Willow is just being an awful friend here. Yeah. Um, which I really hate to say about Willow because love, love Willow, love Allie Hannigan. Um, She's but, giving some very bad advice here. Yeah, Buffy's like, you know, I'm. Willow basically calls her out on rejecting this dude, and and you know tells Buffy she needs to start dating again, and Buffy's like, oh, I'm not really ready for that, you know. And Willow just is will not take no for an answer. She's like, she's basically like, who the fuck cares if you're ready? Just do it, like whatever. Stop being a whiny bitch. Yeah, ever since you notice, ever since Willow got a boyfriend, man, she, all of a sudden she is uh, miss fucking advice on love on the love life, right? Right, and like, yeah, like I really disliked her in this scene. It was awful advice. She was not being a good friend, and I was like, "What? Do you think you're Xander?" Yeah, now this should, all of a sudden, this should have been reserved for Xander. 
Right. Um, so, uh, you know, Buffy kind of, re- you know, she recaps what happened with Angel and Willow's all like, yeah, you know, I get that. But, you know, that's not how love always is. You know, love can be nice. And at that point, we cut to Sunnydale High and we see a young couple in the throes of a very torrid fight. And as they're fighting, the young man pulls a revolver and points it at the young woman. And we cut to our credits. That was our cold open. It was. And in my notes, I, I, when, when he first appeared, I called him Super Aggro Wife Beater. Um, because he's screaming at her and he's like, come back here. We're not finished. And I was like, whoa. Okay. Future wife beater and alcoholic. Um, so yeah, we come back, uh, from what would have been the credit or I'm sorry, commercial. And, uh, we pick up where we left off and he's, he's still pointing the gun at her and he's, he's like, I'm not afraid to use it if I can't be with you. And I was like, oh God, it's one of these episodes. Buffy comes around the corner at right around that time and sees what's going on and yells, hey. And the girl kind of freaks a little bit and, and tries to tries to kind of bail. And Buffy Buffy takes off running towards uh, the uh, super aggro wife beater. And all of a sudden he goes, don't walk away from me, bitch. And I was like, wow, we're ratcheting this up quickly. And about that time, the janitor <laughs> puts his mop down and comes over, and he's just kind of like, the fuck? And Buffy gets there just at that time and basically breaks... It looks like she breaks this dude's arm to disarm him. Because <laughs> um, she, like, brings the arm backwards, like, over her shoulder. I'm like, that's a dislocation of the elbow. <laughs> and then she, like, flips him onto the ground and... um she grabs him and picks him up off the ground, and the janitor's checking on the girl. And um, the guy, the the boy's like, "What happened?" And Buffy's like, "You know, you just went OJ on your girlfriend." Mm. And he's like, "What?" And not, neither the boy nor the girl have any memory whatsoever of what just happened. They're both just like, "What?" And you know, they're like, why'd you have a gun? And then everybody's like, wait, what gun? And there is no gun. There's no gun on the floor. It's it's just nowhere. It's gone. Poof. And so everybody's just kind of like, the fuck? And the next day at school, Buffy is in Principal Snyder's office. And he ain't buying the whole thing. And he says he's no stranger to conspiracy. He saw JFK. Um... <laughs> Really good movie, by the way, if no one's seen it. Yeah, really good. Wrong, wrong and inaccurate, but a good movie. Uh, anyway, that's our JFK rewatched for this week. Um, he, he says, I've got a missing gun and two confused kids on my hands. And then he says another great line. He says, I, I, he says I'm going to keep looking at all the pieces of the puzzle carefully until I can figure out exactly how this is all your fault. <laughs> and... Uh, about that time, the the uh, his secretary buzzes in and says, Principal Snyder, so I can't remember his name, James, we'll just call him James because that fits perfectly well. James has chained himself to the snack machine again, 
And uh, Principal Snyder says, oh, you pathetic little no-life vegan. <laughs> so he has to go deal with that, but he tells Buffy not to leave because he's not done with her. So he leaves, and we look over at a little bookshelf, and we see Sunnydale High School yearbook from 1955. It just kind of magically pulls itself out and then falls to the ground. And Buffy's like, hmm. So she picks it up and just slides it back in its place and kind of shrugs it off. And then we cut to Willow, who's dismissing her little computer class that she's taken over. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I just want to say real quick, uh, the kid that changed himself chained himself to the vending machine, his name was Billy. Eh, Billy Crandall. Billy, James, same thing. <laughs> Actually, isn't Psycho, Psycho Boy's name is James, right? Well... One of the main characters, yeah. Yes, yeah, psycho wife beater murderer name is James. Wow. Well, it, okay. In fairness, spoiler alert: we will come to find out that that the the dead teenager James killed someone accidentally. Uh you don't really think that would have held up in court, do you? Like he totally still would have been fucking found at the very least. Like. Some charge of manslaughter, and he still would have done oh, yeah. 25 or 30 years in prison. Yeah, oh, yeah, know, it would have been involuntary. Man. Yeah, because they're like, yeah. you, you still should not Acc- have had a gun pointed at this person. and Accidental homicide, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we cut to Willow, who's dismissing her computer class that she's been filling in for Miss Calendar since Miss Calendar was just abruptly fucking neck broken and killed. And Giles arrives uh, as she's... Dis- Which- before you go on, let's take a minute uh, for this. In what reality? <laughs> in what fucking reality does a teacher? Okay, so Miss Calendar was brutally murdered. Okay, yeah. So, not factoring that into the equation, in what reality do they need a teacher? And they're like, "Well, we'll just let this. We'll just let one of the students teach the class. Finish up the semester. Yeah." Right. Yeah. And also, presumably, presumably, like most schools, this isn't something where, like, everybody is in the same class at the same time. Right. So, like, there's other classes happening sure. while this class needs to be taught. Who's teaching it while Willow's in her other classes? Well, yeah, exactly. Not only that, but where, okay. Is Willow missing a class so that she can teach this one? Oh, no. Willow right. was in this hour. She was a student. Right. So she just gets to give herself an A. <laughs> right. In, in so, essence. So, but again, like, who's teaching the other? So, okay, so let's say Willow's teaching this one. Who's that, teaching the other, that, like, six, seven periods? Right. Yeah. So we can maybe account for three periods of this class. She's teaching this one. Because this is the period she was in that class, so it makes sense. Sure. Let's let's say she's also covering the class during lunch period and study hall. Well, you know, when I, when I think back now, of course, now this was the 90s where I'm talking of. When I was in high school, I took like every computer class our high school offered, which wasn't a lot in the mid-90s. Right. And I did take one that I remember so few students took that that it was only there was only one period of it like there was only one class of it a day oh really yeah and i was in a pretty big high school so 
maybe it's that. Maybe maybe we'll just pretend that it's it's just a, a one meeting class and okay. Well, but still, I'm, in what reality can 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 a California school district not find a fucking substitute teacher? Right. So, like at at the end of the day, the the main question still stands. Yeah. In what reality are they letting a student teach this class? Even though this particular student is probably smarter than every teacher in this school. Right. You know. Right. Let's be honest. So I am I'm willing to concede that perhaps this computer class is an elective, and these are all the students that have chosen to take it. Sure. So this is the only period it's held during the day. Mm-hmm. But but again, the issue remains. In what reality are they letting a student teach this? Class? Yeah, because this has been—is this the third episode since Miss Calendar was murdered, or the second? The third. Okay. So yeah, this has been going on for for a bit now. Right. Um, because when Giles arrives, as she's dismissing the students, um, you know, he s- says he was just look—he was coming by to see if she needed a hand, if she needed any help. And she uh, she says, well, no, you know, I it's it's actually pretty easy. Miss Calendar left, you know, really good um, lesson plans, et cetera. And that gets him kind of talking about her. And um, Willow says, you know, I found a bunch of uh, files and Internet sites on her computer about paganism and magic and stuff. And she's all excited. She's like, it's really interesting. Yeah, so this uh, I for. And my little my notes here for this scene, I I jotted down that like this is this obviously this is the beginning we're seeing of Willow's interest into magics and and that sort of thing, which as as fans know go will go on to become a pretty big uh, big character, big uh, part of who def- she is, yeah, right, defining arc for her yeah. over the rest of the the series. And then she says that she found this rose quartz necklace in the drawer in Miss Calendar's drawer that she had once told Willow had healing powers. And it's like one of those cheesy like mall pieces of quartz that's got like a hole drilled in it and like a leather like a cheesy leather like necklace wrapped around it and uh not not um not like not like this Pretty much exactly yeah. like that, except that not like the, that looks not like really smooth, as though you've been placing it into your rectal cavity. But <laughs> I'm <laughs> butt plug. I don't know. And it doesn't have a cheesy hole drilled in it for no. a leather strap. No. But it is it is a rose quartz crystal. Oh, okay. So because it has healing properties, it is. It, this is for healing. Uh, it's to uh, heal and settle chaos. Okay. Uh, in your life, yes. All right. That was that was given to me by uh, Willow uh, Rosenberg. No, a coworker. Oh, okay. Uh, and she says that she thinks Miss Calendar would have wanted Giles to have it, and so she gives it to him, and um, he he just takes it and he just leaves. <laughs> he just turns around and and leaves, and she's right. like. It's like I was waiting for her to like look at the camera and be like, "Was that the scene?" Because <laughs> he just sees like, "Thanks," and he just turns around and leaves, not yeah. another word. And she's like, "Okay." So uh, we cut now to Buffy in class, and she kind of falls into this. This is the first time it happened, so I wasn't real sure what was going on. 
it's like a daydream kind of slash flashback to something that she shouldn't really have like memories of because she it's 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 in the same classroom that she's in now and but it's the 50s and there's some girls talking about the Sadie Hawkins dance and who they're going to ask to go and and this one girl says she's asking so and so and then the other girl says oh he's such a dreamboat and I was like yep it's the 50s <laughs> and um everybody's filing out and handing the teacher these papers and the last one is this boy, and he's got a letterman jacket on, and he hands her, the, the female teacher, his paper. And there's clearly something going on. He's, like, touching her hand. She's licking her lips and, like, tweaking her nipple. And he's <laughs> like, whoa. And, and I'm like, yeah. And that's when I busted on the headphones. I was like, I got to hear this good. No. But, no, but seriously, they are, like, touching hands. <laughs> you, you. <laughs> You were watching a different. You were watching something on a different website. Was I on? Oh, okay. I know which one I was on now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, but that was a, that was a completely different student teacher <laughs> episode you were watching. Yeah. No, but they really are. It, it is clear there's something going on. She, he is touching yeah. her hand and stuff, and she, and they're kind of slowly getting closer together, and um, you hear like. Behind or off to the side of them, you hear the door like open, and they immediately let go of each other's hand, and they they like separate, and um, and that's when just out of nowhere, it's like this terrorist comes in with a double barrel shotgun and blows them both away, and that's the end of the episode, literally. And Buffy wakes up and she's like, "Damn, that was fucked up." No, uh, she's asking if he liked the Hemingway. That she loaned him. Or she says, do you like the Hemingway that I loaned you, James? So that's when we first find out this boy's name is James. And he liked it. And um, he, she says it's a true story, actually. He fell in love with his... And they're touching hands at that time. And that's when they hear the door open and they sp- spread apart. And uh, about that time is when Buffy like comes to back to her senses and current time. And she's like, what the flying fuck was that? What was with the terrorist and the shotgun? <laughs> and she's like, that was crazy. Uh, but uh, the teacher's still talking, giving his lecture that he was giving earlier. And um, he's actually talking about collective bargaining. And as he's saying these last several words, he's writing them on the chalkboard. And then the whole class busts up laughing, and he's looking at him like, what? And he turns around and looks at the chalkboard, and where he had thought he was writing whatever he had been saying, he'd actually written, don't walk away from me, bitch. And he's like, fuck me. And he freaks out and he starts erasing it. And um, now Buffy's really like, what the fuck is going on? And we cut out into the hallways. And um, what's going on there, James? Are they on fire? Or? <laughs> no, they're not on fire. <laughs> they're not? Damn. They're not on fire. Okay. Um. No, she's with Xander, and and uh, she's telling him about what happened. And uh, you, you, do you notice I passed the Xander part off to you? <laughs> I'm yeah. making you handle Xander from now on. <laughs> I don't appreciate that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so they're walking to Xander's locker, and um, they open it up, and uh, um, when they open it, a uh, hand juts out of the locker and grabs Xander and uh, 
starts pulling him into the locker. When this happened, were you like, what in the fuck is this? Like, because it seemed like up to this point, it was all like mental shit or like seeing yeah. shit. Or, and this is like a literal, like dead looking arm and hand that just like shoot out of his locker and it's like trying to pull him. And I was like, is this at first I was like, is this like a B plot? Is this something completely different? I'm that. Because um, just really quick, I had, we had spoken earlier in the week, you and I, and I had asked you if you had watched this week's episode and you said, well, no, not yet. And I said, oh, okay, well, I'm doing it now. And I had no zero zilch memory of this episode. So this was like right. brand new to me. Maybe I never, somehow, maybe I missed it. Right. Well, and I was just going to say, like, you asked if I was like, what the fuck is that? And I wasn't, mm. but I think that's I think that might strictly be because you remembered. I, I I remember this episode. I this is uh, not to give anything away too early, but this is one of my go to episodes when I want to watch an episode. Oh of, fuck, of Buffy. Yeah, so. I was I was just like, oh oh, maybe this is maybe this is a B plot because <clears throat> for me this episode is the first one we've we've re, that we've uh, revisited where. It was like brand new to me, right. and so I was watching it with no memories, and I was like, "Oh, oh, we got something else in this going on in the school too." Um, but I will say, in the context of what's happened in the episode so far, yes, I can one hundred percent see how if you hadn't seen the episode, if you were going into it as brand new, you would be like, "What the hell is what the hell is this?" Yeah, because like, it just it doesn't it doesn't line up with the type of paranormal right. phenomena we have been seeing thus far. Right. It was really um, weird. Well, um, although I do think, and we're actually getting ready to cover it in, in this scene, I think after after this next scene wraps up, it's, there's a, it's a little more clear, you know, what that, what that was. Oh, really? So, to me, anyway, I didn't think it oh. cleared up until much later, and then I was like, "Uh," and I'll I'll, I'll tell you when when that okay. happens. Um. So yeah. Um. Uh. This ha- dead, like rotting hands, trying to pull Xander into his locker, and Buffy ends up fighting it off, and she slams the locker shut. And, um. They reopen the locker, and it's completely empty. So Except then, for, did you see the weird, like, he had, like, this noose thing hanging in his locker with, like, something hanging from it. I was like, oh, creepy Xander. Right. And then did you notice the um, the gimp mask and the ball gag? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Those were prominent because, oh, yeah, it's Xander. Yeah. And then, the, I, as weird as those other things were, did you notice the picture he had on the side? It was it was clearly um cindy crawford sports illustrated pictorial Uh but it had giles's head taped onto the body and buffy's body (laughs) so we know what his ultimate fantasy is (laughs) um so then we end up back in the library and and um they're telling giles about what happened and he he surmises that it must be a poltergeist um which is at that point if if at that point if 
I had been coming into it new, I think I kind of would have been like, all right, well, that explains the hand. Yeah, you I know? still, I mean, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. But it still so. didn't make it to me. I was like, but that was a real, like, other people saw, like, I don't know. I don't know. It was confusing to me, but it's not wasn't that big of a deal. Um, so, uh. He goes on to say that obviously somebody died with some unresolved issues and, you know, on school grounds there. And then the the only way to make the ghost go away would be to resolve those those issues. Or burn the goddamn school down. Just burn the fucking school down. Which is exactly down. what I would have recommended had I been Giles. Right. Of course you, you would have. You like to see fire. Well, it's not just that. It's like, man, as much fucked up shit has has happened in this school, let's just burn this bitch to the ground because obviously that's the only way to do away with this insanity. Right. So we cut to um, later that night, and we're seeing uh, uh, a teacher leave, uh, Miss Frank, uh, leave, getting ready to leave for the night. Um and this is actually, I don't remember what, she's been in uh, at least one other episode before. I don't well, remember which one. she's super familiar though. looking, too. Like, you've seen her um, in a lot of shit type of, type of face. Right, but I know she definitely had, was, like, this is. She was a mom, somebody's mom in one of these episodes. It no, she been... was a teacher. No, she was a teacher was in she? a previous episode, yeah. Okay, okay. I just forget which episode it was. Okay. So probably um, playing the same character here. Right. Okay. Would be my guess. Okay. Um, and uh, uh, she's getting ready to leave for the night, and she says goodnight to George the janitor. and Frank. No, it's George. It's 100% Frank. It's 100% George. Definitely Frank. Nope. I'm, I'm afraid it's George. Okay, it's definitely Frank, but go ahead. <laughs> um, uh, nope, it's 100% George. Yeah. Trust me. It I'm might sure. say that in IMDb, but she definitely says, let's see, how does she say this? Yeah, Frank. No, her name is Miss Frank. His name is George. Oh, my bad. Go Go ahead. <laughs> that's just hey that's just how i wrote my notes <laughs> i put c's frank but i thought i thought it said see ya frank <laughs> so you shut your mouth and leave me alone um uh, let's just pretend his name is frank and her name is miss frank <laughs> that would be better It'd be hilarious be, i mean you know so anyway um my name is Frank, too. <laughs> your name is... Have you yeah. been going by your middle name? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so, and I remember his name is George because she asks him, she's like, it's George, correct? Mm. Like, they're trying to drive home the point that they really don't know each other very well. And he's fucking super familiar, familiar too. Yeah, and I realized where, he was, a, where I knew him from. He was... Uh, I forget his character's name, but he was on um, Deadwood. He was... Uh, oh, was it? Yeah, he was What's-His-Face's partner in the uh, their hardware store. 
the main character's oh, okay. partner. Yeah, Saul, okay. I think his name was on the show. Um, I don't, I don't, I never watched Deadwood, so very good Sorry. show. Okay, maybe I'll give it a shot. But anyway, um, so yeah, they, it's clear that they really don't know each other, and uh, pretty much a split second later, um they start to argue the same way the young couple in our cold open were arguing. Um, and uh, George ends up pulling the same revolver on Miss Frank. And as the fight escalates, he ends up shooting her and she tumbles over uh, the, the balcony. They're up, on the second floor of the school. Um, and uh, in the meantime, Giles has heard the the fighting and he's made his way out there. And um, uh, he, uh, he's out there investigating and he sees George shoot her. Um, uh, and he ends up, uh, tackling George to the ground and the gun vanishes. And George has no idea what just happened. And Giles is all like, uh, you just ganked a whore. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> yeah! Miss Frank is a known... She's the known school whore. Right. So, uh... uh he's no, like, you Giles... just killed our school whore. Right. What is wrong with you? Right. And then Giles gets really mad. He's like, uh, the, the snatch I was getting is, was, was brutally murdered. And I had to fall. I had, I had the fallback snatch all lined up and now you've done it and killed that. We are so, then, we are so canceled. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh god! No, he's Giles is like, uh, you just killed a woman. Now, really quick, does is there ever do we ever hear like what ends up happening to to George the janitor or <laughs> no or like is no. Miss Frank one hundred percent definitely dead or did she just no. suffer some brain did, damage or no no Miss Frank is definitely one hundred percent dead. And so so George just languishes away in prison the rest of his life, having actually committed no crime whatsoever. Because right. she's not actually shot because the gun wasn't actually real. Right. She just fell over the thing because that was part of the reenactment, and then but that killed her. Right. But see, that brings up a good question because about whether or not... So, I don't... I'll talk about it later because I don't want to okay. give any spoilers. But later on, somebody else gets shot I and, looked, and there was no gunshot on said person or damage to said clothing. So that's when I decided, okay, so the gunshot part is just part of the there reenactment. Wasn't, there wasn't blood. Mm -mm. He was on, on said person was hand? wearing a on who? On the on the hand. Hand on said person's hand. I don't recall that. Oh, well, maybe, maybe I can go back maybe. and look again, but I don't. I don't. I if I could one hundred percent be misremembering. I could one hundred percent be misremembering. So don't, uh, you know, it could go either way. All right. Um. So where does that leave us, Jeremy? 
Um, that... What? Wh where? Where's that coming from? Do you hear that? Whoa, dude. Uh, no, that leads us to Angel and Drusilla. Uh, and Angel is giving Drusilla a, a tour of the gardens of what appears to be a mansion. Um, yes. Which this is, is... I'm sorry. I was going to say this is the Crawford Street mansion. Right. Uh, this is uh, the first appearance of this mansion. Although it's, will... although it's really not. It really actually never appears in this episode. All we ever see is this garden area. <laughs> That's true. But the, the... He even takes a shower in the garden. <laughs> right. Um, but this is this is, for all practical purposes, the first appearance of what is the Crawford Street Mansion that'll go on to become a uh, pretty layer. big set piece um, throughout the rest of this season and yeah. season three. Yeah. So the layer, as it as we uh, come to uh, know it, it's the new hideout because if you recall from the previous episode, as Spike reminds Angel. They wouldn't need a new hideout if he hadn't went and burnt down the last one, which was perfectly well. Two episodes Two ago. Two episodes ago. Okay. And, of course, Angel just immediately starts breaking Spike's balls, joke after joke about him, you know, being in a wheelchair and all that. And, and uh, Spike just, uh, he doesn't like this. You can tell he doesn't like this place at all. You can definitely tell he hates Angel's guts. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, that's 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 about that. Um, then we cut to the library the next day at school, and uh, Giles is filling everybody in about what happened the night before, just like Buffy had, you know, described with the boy and girl that she had run into, that situation, and she's like, and, and this is when he says the janitor remembered the whole thing, but he had no idea why it happened, and he had, like, no control over himself. And um, he's like, there was no relationship between these two. They barely knew each other. She was a teacher. He was a janitor. They really didn't even know each other. Um, and then... Um, she, was, she was a girl. He was a skater boy. Yeah, exactly. And he, and he, was, a te and he was a teenage dirtbag. So... Um, and then Giles just says, basically, the poltergeist is Jenny. And everybody, Which, <laughs> go ahead. Okay. Why? Exactly. That's what everybody there, because the, all Why? the Scoobies were like, wait, what? Why do you think it's her? Like, Right. And, and I really appreciated that because as soon as he was like, well, obviously it's Jenny. I, I said out loud, I was like, what? Why? And then yeah. the, the rest of the gang is like, uh, I don't think so, bro. And I was like, okay, at least I'm not alone in this. <laughs> yeah, they all disagree with him. And uh, we, I've got a clip of this because this is pretty awesome. So let's play this. It's Jenny. What? You think she's the ghost? Well, don't you see? She, 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 she died here under tragic circumstances, and now she's trapped. But what about the gun? I mean, Angel didn't shoot Miss Calendar. The gun is insignificant. It's the violence of the thing that matters. I don't know. These fights these couples keep having, it's sort of specific. She's right. It's a pattern that doesn't fit with the way Miss Calendar died. I, uh, I appreciate your thoughts on the matter. I, in fact, I, well, I encourage you to, to always 
Uh, challenge me uh, when you feel it's appropriate. You should never be cowed by authority. Except, of course, in this instance, when I'm clearly right and you were clearly wrong. <laughs> I love that. I love Giles. Uh, yeah, so he's like, he's he's just, there's no talking him out of this. He's convinced that it's Jenny. No matter, deep, you know deep down he knows it's, it just can't be her. But, he, you know, on the surface, he's, right. he's convinced himself it's definitely her. It's 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 the grief. It's the it's right, the missing. Right. It's he the still, missing Jenny. He still hasn't come to terms with the whole thing. Um, right. So a little bit later, the gang minus Giles uh, enter Miss Calendar's room, and they're discussing Giles being weird and jumping to conclusions without investigating thoroughly. And Buffy says, "Well, you know, he misses her and he can't think." And Willow says, "Well, fuck him. He needs to think." And Xander's like, hell yeah, fuck Giles. Let's go beat him up. So they all go back and beat <laughs> him up. No, uh, uh, she, Willow says that um, this ghost stuff is, is something else. And <laughs> this is where she says, and I quote, she's going to do a, quote, cross-check on other shootings at the school. Now, first of all, what the fuck does that mean, cross-check? Cross-check with, with what? Where, how? Your guess, your 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 guess is as good as mine. And what does other shootings at the school? Mean? How many fucking shootings have been at the? We've already witnessed what th- th- three? No, two, uh, two at least at minimum. Remember the one episode in C? I, I believe think- it was season one when the the fake security guard lady that was assassin trying to kill Buffy and she had she was in the cop uniform when she pulled the gun and was shooting everywhere and. The Order of Taraka episode. Yeah, that yeah. was that was this season. Oh, that season was this one. season. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's the only one. Uh, plus this one, we've had this shooting now. Okay, so two. But she we've wants to cross. Two. She needs to cross check with the other shootings at the school. It's like fuck. <laughs> um. So and then of course she like immediately pulls up a perfect newspaper pl- clipping from three hundred and sixty-seven fucking years ago. Uh, actually from the fifties. Uh, that says a student killed his teacher lover and then himself on the night of the Sadie Hawkins dance. And it shows the, this James boy and uh, the teacher who uh, who he had um, viciously fucking murdered due to his own incel fucking bullshit. And, uh... Okay, so, <laughs> a, so a couple things. <laughs> okay. Quick. One, um, nobody knows yet or the article does not say that they were lovers. Yeah, but All we know artic- that we know they we know they were from the scene. Right. We, you know, we we know they were because yeah. we as the audience have seen that. Right. The article does so. To the best of our knowledge, nobody outside of of our group knows that, and they only know that because of Buffy's weird dream vision thing. thing. Yeah. Her Native American, uh, what, what are those things? Spe- uh, spirit walking, something like that. Yeah, something spirit like walking. that. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, let's see where did I leave off? Yeah, the Sadie Hawkins dance. So the oh, and here and here it is. Yeah, in the article it says the rumor was, and Willow says this: the rumor was they were having an affair, and she tried to break it off, mm. and that's why he went spazoid. And after he killed her, he went into the music room and shot himself. 
And it all fit. The gun, the dance, blah, blah, blah. And they realized, oh, shit. Coincidentally, the Sadie Hawkins <laughs> dance is tonight. And Xander asks um, why they've never heard about this before. And I'm like, dude, how, much, how many fucked up things have happened to this school that you probably have no idea about, you know? I mean, you yourself became a fucking hyena. So, I mean, does this, is this really that surprising? You know? Because just earlier, in a few scenes earlier, he told Buffy, well, this just seems like hellmouth light to me. You know, because there comes a point where this shit's, you just got to be desensitized to this shit and be like, yeah, right. this right. is not surprising in the least. He said, or what he says to her, what is it? Um, there's something strange going on. Isn't that our school motto? Yeah. Something to that effect. Exactly. And it's, yeah. it's you know, so at this point, if, if I was any of these characters and, and, you know, one of these situations is happening, I'm just going, yeah, I, f- I, I fucking buy it. Yeah, I believe it. I, I have no trouble believing that. You know, if somebody if they said the lunchroom came alive and was eating students, I'd be like, "Oh fuck yeah, I believe it." You know, I was a hyena last year, so yeah, I don't. You know. Um. Anyway, they say, "Well, she." They ask Willow, "When did this happen exactly?" And before she can answer, Buffy says, "1955," and Willow just looks at her like, "How the fuck did you know that?" And Buffy's like, "I'm fucking brilliant." No, uh, we cut to. Buffy opening up that yearbook that she had found in Snyder's office, the one that fell off the shelf, and she tells them about that, more about that weird daydream she had, and um, she points out the picture of the stu- of the teacher, and it's Grace Newman, and then she flips a few pages and she points out the boy James Stanley, and she's like, "These are the two, you know, that were involved." And Willow confirms it. She says, "Yeah, that's that's what it said in the article." And by the way, that article was like three sentences, and it had a lot of fucking information in it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, she—I mean, everything with their blood type. Reporting um, was very concise back in 1955. Yeah, very concise visually, but boy, did they pack in some info. It was like Morse code or something. Uh, but yeah, Willow confirms that, that these are the two, and um, says that he couldn't make her love him, so he or Buffy says. He couldn't make her love him, so he killed her, sicko. And, I mean, it's clear right now, immediately and throughout this episode, Buffy has zero fucking remorse for this guy and would just as soon, like, if there would be a way to murder a poltergeist, she would be up for it. Yeah. Um, Because she's like, fuck this guy and the horse he rode in on. Yeah. And, uh... Willow asks if she feels... She's like, but don't you feel bad for him? And... Then she's like, well, whose ghost do you think we're dealing with? You know, which which one of these two do you, do you think is the ghost? And Buffy says, well, considering how violent it is, it's it's got to be him. And um, Willow says she's been digging into some pagan sites that she found on Miss Calendar's uh, computer. And she's like, maybe I can find a way to communicate so we can find out what he wants. And uh, Buffy says, who cares what he wants? I just want to shut him down before another innocent guy kills a nice girl, then blows his brains out all over the music room hall. I was like, damn. And Xander says, (laughs) Xander goes, okay, who's hungry? (laughs) And we cut to the lunch, lunch room. It's lunchtime. And what's happening there, James? 
Um, so Cordy sits down with the rest of the group at the lunch table and immediately starts complaining about the Sadie Hawkins dance and how it's unfair that the girls have to ask the guys and they have to pay for everything and blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, all of the food transforms into snakes. And the snakes entire... on a motherfucking plane? <laughs> <laughs> and the entire fucking school just flies off the fucking handle. And uh, one of the snakes actually bites Cordelia on the cheek before she manages to... On the motherfucking face, man. She's like the only one they show get any kind of injury. And it's yeah. not like a little nip on the arm. Or she's, no, it bites her on the fucking face. And I was like, okay, yeah. this has got to... This is going to somehow play into the episode. It's got something to do with... No, it had nothing to do with anything. Nothing. Um, uh, uh, they end up evacuating the school and... Um, we see a team's been sent in to clean out the snakes, and we see uh, Principal Snyder having a little conversation with our friend uh, Police Chief Bob, who you oh he is the chief. Yeah, uh, you know I don't know if he's the chief. Honestly, oh okay. No, I thought you were. Uh, I thought because I, I kept trying to think. Okay, is this guy like a like a like he's not a beat cop, obviously, but I was like, no. is he a detective? Is he a maybe a lieutenant? He, he he might be the chief. Okay. I mean, I'm presuming based on this conversation, he's pretty high up on the hierarchy. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Because, um, uh, and this is this is the second time we've seen him in the series so far. The first the first time since his first appearance in School Hard, um, and uh, um, he's. Uh, he basically demands that Snyder, you know, control the situation. And they go over a couple of different uh, scenarios of what to tell people. And uh, um, long story short, Principal Snyder openly acknowledges that the school's on the on a fucking hell mouth. And uh, it becomes obvious that police chief Bob also knows. And apparently so does the city council and the mayor. Cause police chief Bob says that Snyder was given the job as the principal by the city council because they thought he could handle, handle the situations. And he threatens to go to the mayor about it. If Snyder can't handle it. And Snyder looks quite uh, intimidated by the thought of the mayor. Right. Will that play out in future? Stick stick around and find out. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> At least not this aspect of it. Well, think- kind of. It kind of does. I mean, because you see Snyder is, is very scared of... Yeah, well, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um... Snyder and police chief Bob. Uh, can I take this? Oh, next, okay. Can I take this next scene because something sure is can. said in this that I was like, "Is did what?" But anyway, sure. we we cut to Buffy's house that night, and um, 
Willow's telling them all. She's like, so you remember the plan? Oh, by the way, fucking Mom Joyce, she's gone. She's out on the streets again. She's walking the town. We never see her in this episode. She's done momming for the for the season. Uh, but anyway, Willow says, so you guys remember the plan to contact the spirit and talk to it and all that? And she's like, scrap that. You were right. The time for touchy-feely communication is over. Let's kill this motherfucker. And they're all like, yeah! <laughs> um, but she, no, th- <clears throat> this is where she says a line that I'm like, well, how fucked up is that? She says, you were right. The time for touchy-feely communication is past. I did some research, and the only solution is the final solution. <laughs> I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Willow Rosenberg is a Jewish character, and she's saying the final... Like, that is totally something fucking he who shall not be named would, would like, have one of his... You know what I'm saying? Like, that just seems like a... Yeah. Oh, uh, anyway. Xander says, oh, what's that? Nuke the school? And I was like, yes. Exactly, <laughs> yes. And then she says, no exorcism. Um... So, basically, long story short, she's like, here, I made this fucking drawing, and this drawing's hilarious. I paused it a couple times to look at it, but she's like, okay, here at the balcony is the hot spot. So, that's where one person will go. And then we'll, and then there'll be a triangle around that person. So, you know, three other people at various points around the school, thus forming a triangle around said hot spot. And they will... They will just, they'll do a fucking exorcism. And um, Buffy's like, well, I'll take the hot spot because if there's any trouble, that's where it's going to be. And um, Xander's like, are you sure you can handle it? And I was like, she's the fucking slayer. You think, what, you think you got it? You you do a better job? What are you going to do? Fucking sexually harass it, Xander? But uh, anyway, uh, I mean, seriously, he's like, do you think you can handle it, Buffy? I don't know, Xander. Maybe you should take the fucking reins here because you really do a good job in in all of our fighting we do. Anyway, they all arrive at school that night, and all the doors of the entire school are wide open. And at first I was like, what in the fuck is happening? And then I realized, oh, okay. Apparently the exterminators they called to remove all the snakes couldn't be bothered to remove them all so they just left the doors to the whole school open, hoping the snakes would just remove themselves. <laughs> and I was like, huh, that's a good way to do a job. But anyway, so they go on inside, and um, they, uh, um, uh, Willow's like, um, remember, we got to do the chant, and then exactly at midnight, light the candles. They each have a candle. And, uh, um, Willow, she says, oh, wait, she made them all some scapulars, which are basically like Native American medicine bag-looking type objects that you're supposed to put around your neck, and it's supposed to protect you from this bad juju or whatever. So she actually doesn't say that she made them scapulars. Mm. That is what she made them, but she says Sca- she made... Scapulas? Scapulas. Yeah, because I was like... Which I was I'm like, pretty sure... I'm pretty sure the scapula is your shoulder bone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not a doctor. Yeah. But I, I'm pretty sure your scapula is, is your shoulder bone. Yeah, so she did. Alison Hannigan definitely mispronounced it. And no one, no, the director, the editor, no one decided to 
do anything about that. They're just like, yeah, that's cool. Close enough. Which is why I don't, I don't think she mispronounced it. I think it was wrong in the it script. It was probably written that way in the script. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> the Cordy, Cordy, she's like, oh, God, it stinks. It smells like grandpa breath. And I was like, wait, what kind of grandpa do you have? And why does this breath smell like sulfur? Because that's what Willow says she had to put in there. And I was like, okay. So anyway, they all head further into the school, and each one of them goes to their designated area. And, um, uh, oh, I left out, I'm sorry, I I skipped a part. Um, I'm, I'm actually skipped two parts. I'm a little, a little far ahead here. They head further into the school, um, and then all the doors slam shut, like all at once, like locking them in the school, basically. And, uh. So we know some shit's about to go down. Um, then we cut to the man back to the mansion, and Drusilla's digging in this flower bed and digging in the flowers, and says maybe she'll sleep under the ground in a little burrow. I just, oh, you know, how I hate her. Um, Spike's like, oh, you'll get your pretty dress dirty, and she does more weird Drusilla shit, and. Then I'll sleep naked like the animals. And then I threw up in my mouth. And uh, Angel's like, oh, I like that plan because, you know, he's constantly trying to fuck Drusilla just to piss off Spike. And Spike's like, nobody cares what you like. And she's probably got that good good. You know the crazy (laughs) girls always got the best good good. I don't know. She's a little beyond crazy. She's too (laughs) much for me. Let me put it that way. Uh... He's like, nobody cares what you like. and So it's just a huge war between these two, constantly arguing and fighting and Angel breaking his balls. and uh, he's she, she, Basically, he says he's going to, this is it. He, the Slayer thing has run its course. I'm going to kill her. This is, I'm done. We'll kill her tonight. And he wants to focus on things closer at home from now on. He's saying this while he's rubbing Drusilla's clitoris in front of Spike. He basically is. Am I lying? <laughs> if I'm lying, I'm flying, and my feet ain't left the ground. So, uh, so then we cut back to the school, and this is where I had accidentally jumped ahead to. They, uh, Willow's walking down the hall, and a door opens, and she screams, and it's, it's Giles. And uh, Willow's like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, what do you mean, what is he doing here? He's literally here every day. All day and all night, because you're here with him most of those times. So this should be the least, like, <laughs> surprising person you could run into in this school. You know what I mean? Right. Like, he's it's there like more she... than the janitor. I was, it's not like she ran into, like, Principal Snyder at, yeah. at quarter to 12. Right, or Cordelia in the fucking, uh, you know, mathematics room or something. It's, it's Giles, you know. What are you doing here? And he, he just looked at her like, are you fucking high? And um, he says he was not- like he was he was like I was evicted because I couldn't pay my mortgage because I don't my, because I have a librarian salary on my right I couldn't afford the mortgage on my sweet sweet condo yeah so now I live in the in the library right because when she said what are you doing here he's like I I live here and she's right. like oh um yeah. And then she was like, did you cook tilapia in the microwave? <laughs> Why did you cook fish in the microwave at work? 
And he's like, uh, it's not work. I live here. If right. you don't like it, fucking leave. Right. And then she goes, literally goes into a 20 minute tirade about how the school's going to reek of fish right. for like three days. Right. And then he takes, he's got, he rubs a little peanut butter on her lips because she has a massive peanut allergy and she dies. Right. Right. And he's like, he's shushing her as he does it. He's right. Like, he's like, shh, like, just, just pass away. And she does violently. Uh, he says, you're not supposed to be inside. And she's like, well, me, what about you? And again, I'm like, hello, it's Giles. He's always there. Um, but anyway, he thinks he's close to contacting Jenny and, um, he's like, anyway, run along. (laughs) There may be paranormal activity and you don't want to be around for that. And she's like, yeah, okay, bye. So she just fucking leaves and he goes back to whatever. Clearly he was masturbating in there. The the way that he rushed her off and he wouldn't make eye contact and he had a little bit of sweat and he was disheveled. He was obviously masturbating. She caught him, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. something weird, too. He was probably weird reading some kind of weird shit in there, you know. He had, he had Jenny's body in there. Oh, God damn. We went from masturbating to fucking necrophilia. I didn't say he was fucking Jenny's body. I just said he had it in there. Well, why would he? You listen. You made the leap, all right? Okay. Why would he have Jenny's body? I'm just saying. Oh. I'm just saying. You, okay. You're the one that. Okay. You're the one that made the leap. Okay, okay. buddy. All right. Um, Not me. Meanwhile, Cordy goes into the to a bathroom there in the school, and she, because it's Cordelia, she needs to go check herself out in the mirror. And she looks in the mirror, and she takes the bandaid off, and you see the the little snake bite area, and. I, Again, they keep focusing on this snake bite, and I just don't know why. Um, but anyway, and that's literally all of that scene, just her doing that. And we cut to Buffy, and she's in the halls, and she hears this, 50 mu- this 50s music playing, which is I Only Have Eyes for You by the Flamingos, which uh, is utterly ridiculous. Because this song did not come out until 1959, four years after this murder took place. So, just saying. Well, well, that's true, but it's also not true. Well, the original song was written in the 30s. I mean, the song was written in the 30s, but this song, that I mean, this version that they keep playing and listening to, and we're led to believe that the teacher and the... It was like the teacher and the student by the Flamingos. Yeah, that was not released until 1959. Right. You just took care of goof-em-ups and oopsies for yeah. this episode. So. Well, it was. I knew it immediately because I'm a music guy, but I thought, wait a minute. Right. See, now, I'll be honest. I thought it came out in the early 60s, and I thought, wait a minute. The murder was supposed to take place in 55. So I paused it, and I Googled it, and I was expecting, you know, 61, 62. And so I was surprised that it was actually 59, but I was like, still, did nobody writing this think to say – Hey, let's bump it up to 59 when this murder happened because that's, you know. No. But I'm I'm like you too. I I thought I thought I I'm a music person and I would have sworn that I only have eyes for you. But at least this chart this version that charted. Yeah. Um big time uh, charted, big time actually. Right, right. Had come out in in the the early to mid 60s. Yeah. That's what I thought immediately and I thought Right. Well, this is way late. 
But, right. you know, 59 was a little less egregious, but it was still, you know, egregious four years after this anyway. Right. Um, right. So Buffy makes her way towards where she's hearing this this music, which is the, the, the music room. And uh, Xander, Xander's spot gets to be where, uh, uh, James? Uh, in the cafeteria. In the fucking cafeteria. She couldn't have, like, where- put him in, a, in, like, a room, say adjacent to that because it would still have formed a proper triangle (laughs) she's like go i need you to go your spot needs to be in the cafeteria where all of there's there's still like a thousand snakes there right there's there's right there's still snakes there and i was like what it well you said it earlier but i was immediately i was like what what a shitty job that cleanup team did yeah like there's still fucking snakes in the like it looks like they only took like 10 or 12 (laughs) Like, the ones that they were interested in, the rest are like, well, we're just going to leave all the doors for the whole school open for the next week, and they will remove themselves. Right. I'd be like, wait a minute, then I'm not paying your fucking invoice right? because you're not doing the fucking job. Right. I was like, what the fuck is this? Are we just supposed to not have school until the snakes decide to move out? Right. Oh. Am I to keep going? Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I Did thought you... I, that was my little <laughs> yes. that was my little way of tossing it to you. Okay. I'm sorry. I just thought I just thought maybe you were just asking for my input. Oh no um, no, no no I'm sorry. Uh yeah. I so, just uh, I wanted to throw it to you, but I also had to say, wow, she had to send him to the fucking murder room, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, he's in the cafeteria and um we jump in on Cordy again and she's looking in the mirror and she sees the entire side of her face um, uh, turn red and swell up. And kinda... Yeah, it was a really good effect. I was, yeah, for 1998 was. and I was like, because it looked a lot like it, it was like Freddy Krueger. And I was yeah. like, wow, good effect. Um, and uh, about the same time, Willow gets pulled into the floor by an arm and this okay i promised i'd say it this is where it finally clicked with me you. because it was like <laughs> the same arm as what was in the uh, locker and i was like oh, okay okay i get it now because this yeah okay so there you go um, <laughs> I, it clicked with me much later than it clicked with you <laughs> and simultaneously Buffy is watching this vision of James and Grace dancing in the band room. And all of a sudden, uh, James's face is replaced by a rotting skull. And he yells at her to get out. And it's really Um, uncomfortable because the teacher is wearing all leather. And she has him wearing these footy pajamas. And right. he's sucking on his thumb. It's it's really un. It's it's really right. really uncomfortable. With his Letterman jacket over. Yeah, like a cape over the footy pajamas. Yeah, yeah. like a cape. It's not yeah. even his arms aren't even through it. It's just draped over his shoulders. Right. Yeah. Um, Giles ends up hearing Willow yelling for help and comes and pulls her out of the floor and, um, uh, she's like. She's like, this can't be Jenny. Jenny would never be this mean. And Giles concedes that 
it, it's obviously not Jenny. And finally, he gets it. Right. But he seems like he, kind of like you said before. Like he like knew he, it, yeah. Right, like he seems like he kind of acknowledges that he always knew it wasn't Jenny. He was just, you know, whatever. Uh, and at that point, uh, the we hit midnight and they end up doing their little chanty chant and lighting their candles and all the candles blow out and it didn't work. And they are all attacked by a huge swarm of wasps uh, flowing through the hallway and they make it out of the school um, and they turn around to see the entire school just engulfed in this swarm of wasps. Well, and I was confused here because I didn't know... They didn't make it clear until a couple scenes later exactly what the bugs were. Like, I was like, are these like a bunch of locusts? Or, you know, I didn't know. Because it's not like they showed any of them up close, you know? And I was just like, well, why are they all scared of a bunch of locusts, you know? Why not just walk past them, (laughs) you know? But in a few scenes, they they make it... Uh, they come out and verbally say it's wasps. Right, right. Um, so then we are regrouping at uh, Buffy's house, and uh, um, Giles, you know, deduces that it's James's spirit that's haunting the high school, and which Buffy said what <laughs> like eight five scenes, scenes ago? ago. <laughs> yeah. But now Giles uh, is like, yep, it's James, all right. And they're, <laughs> Thanks, Giles. Um, so Buffy, they're, so they're kind of going back and forth about what um, um, what James wants. and uh, um, What does James want, James? Forgiveness. Oh, I forgive you. Oh, thank you. All right. Uh, Ghost James and Buffy want oh, forgiveness. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I I want, you know what I want? I want to marry a rich old lady. So I I want to be a sugar baby is what I want. Okay, you need to pull that as a clip, and that needs to go up on the socials because that <laughs> came out of nowhere, and we could we could mix that in with something, and it would be hilarious. You know what I want? I want to, I want to marry a rich old lady. I want to be a sugar I, baby. I want to be a sugar baby. I want to be a kept man. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's all. That's all. I'm driving. That's for. all. That's the only thing. That's that's yeah. yeah. Nothing. Nothing major. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um. So yeah, they're trying to figure out what it is that Ghost James needs to resolve, and um, Buffy says he wants forgiveness, and you know, but she's still on her fucking high horse, and she's all like, "Hey, he doesn't deserve forgiveness, and he has to live with what he did." Blah 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 blah. Yeah, she's very. What is the word I'm looking for this episode? Very cunty. Wow. She I, uh, I tell me I'm wrong. I was wouldn't have gone that far. Oh, you, <laughs> your fucking dead bodies in the library. But God forbid I say cunty. <laughs> <laughs> There's a line, Jeremy. There is There's a, a line, line, and I crossed the shit out of it. Um, then Giles and Xander, we are kind of think he should be forgiven whether he deserves it or not giles has a really good line here i love this quote he says um yeah i know i almost pulled this as a clip oh 
where is it? I have it written here somewhere. Um, he says, when you wish upon a star, Buffy, it makes no difference who you are. Right, right, right. Um, How else can I stall for you? You want to see my nipples? <laughs> Please. <laughs> uh, oh, he says, um, to forgive is an act of compassion, Buffy. It's, it's not done because people deserve it. It's done because they need it. Yeah. I love that quote. I've always loved that quote. I forgot it was from this episode. And when it popped up, I was so I was I was so happy because I love that. Were you in full bone zone at that point? Um, I only get full bone zone when Giles goes Ripper. Oh, okay, okay. Um, then it's on but, like Donkey Kong. Right, but but this did make me moist. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, <laughs> all righty. Um, yeah, no, I I love that quote. It's just it's a yeah, really great quote. It is. Um. And yeah, clearly, but, you, know, you know for a fact that was not written by he who must not be named because right. he has no soul. <laughs> so he right. could not have ever thought of something that uh, that right. kind, you know. Um, but Buffy's not swayed by this argument. And she, uh, you know, two-year-old stomps off into the kitchen. Yeah, she literally yeah. does. She kind of like, she's like, turn like, uh, and just turns around. Yeah. She's like, cut, 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 cut. All the way down the hallway. Um, and Cordy's Cordy's like <laughs> over identify much, kind of clearly in and indicating that Buffy is directing all these harsh things um, said about James really at herself, and um, and kind of angelish too. Right, right. Herself and her situation with Angel. And I'm like, wait, how can? Angel didn't have any choice. He lost his goddamn soul. What do you want, you know? Right. Um, but I think it's the idea that James James, James clearly blames himself for um, what's, her, what's, the, what's the teacher's name? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Grace. Yeah, Grace. Like, yeah, that's it. For Grace's death and, you know, Buffy's... He identif- he's identifying with Buffy because Buffy... Blames herself for "quote unquote" Angel's death, right? You know? Right. But but anyway, so we cut to the kitchen, and uh, Buffy hears a man's voice saying, "I need you," and she finds the flyer for the 1955 Sadie Hawkins it's, dance in her. It's actually, <laughs> it's actually Giles. He's standing in the corner in the dark of the kitchen. He's like, "I need you." <laughs> And uh, um, she finds it in her pocket, the the flyer for the 55 Sadie Hawkins dance. And uh, she heads to the school uh, where the wasps kind of like part the waters for her, so to speak, so that she can get in. Moses hath come. And uh, Willow goes into the kitchen and sees that Buffy's gone and um, calls for Giles and uh, they all rush to the school but obviously they can't get in because the wasps have reconvened their coverage of the entire school. Yeah, because wasps are this unkillable demon thing. Right. Um, like couldn't Giles... somebody just went and rented a beekeeper suit and 
jogged in. Right. And uh just saying. Um they um Giles explains that oh James wants to reenact the incident, you know, but it's always the same ending. Um and uh with him in footy pajamas of, and the teacher in leather. And they're worried about Buffy, but then they're all kinda like, Well, there's no one else in the school, so you know, Buffy will be fine until we can get in there. Um uh, sorry, I lost my place. Hold on. Um, uh, um, but uh, Angel shows up, of course, and he's all ready to kill Buffy, and they end up getting possessed by James and Grace. James possesses Buffy. And Grace possesses Angel. And the scene plays out like we've seen it play out before. And um, uh, Buffy James ends up shooting Angel Grace. And he tumbles over the balcony. And um, uh, she ends up... Well, before I go on, I I love this scene. Okay. The, the 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 reenactment of the James Grace fight as done by Buffy and Angel played by SMG and David Boreanaz. Well yeah, they, me, they clearly did the best of all the re right. of this. Yeah, they're clearly it's, the best actors. It's phenomenal. Yeah. And it if you're invested in the relationship like you're supposed to be, yeah. Um it's it's heartbreaking. SMG and, always owns owns anything with emotion or heart in it, you know. Right. And there's also the added touch of Christoph Beck's um, uh, uh, Buffy Angel love theme mm-hmm. playing over the scene as as they're reenacting it. Plus. Um, this is the first time you actually see because there it's intercut with with flashbacks of the actual James and Grace fight. Yeah. So it's it, it it's just extremely powerful. I love every minute of it. Um and I think the the actors the actor and actress that play James and Grace, uh I think they act the hell out of their parts just as much as SMG and David do um, in acting out the quote-unquote recreation of it. It's just, it's good stuff. It um, is. So, uh, Buffy James ends up going to the music room, and she puts on the song, I Only Have Eyes For You, and she's getting ready to shoot herself, and uh, as she raises the, she's raising the gun to her head, Angel Grace shows up, and... Um, uh, Grace forgives James um, for accidentally killing her and they kiss and uh, um, we see the spirits leave Buffy and Angel's body as they're kissing because they've resolved their unresolved issues here on Earth and they can finally go to rest and 
um, as they're as they're breaking the kiss, they kind of snap out of the the possession trance, and Buffy lets out a breathless angel, and and uh, he growls and shoves her away from him and runs out of the room and runs away uh, screaming and crying like a little bitch. And uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, like, oh, cooties! <laughs> and he runs away. <laughs> yeah, he's like, ew, it's disgusting. <laughs> um. So then we cut back to the Summer's house, and um, you know, Buffy's kind of realizing that um, James didn't he did, he didn't mean to murder Grace. It was an it was accident, and you know, she realizes that her and James had more in common than she realized. Well, I have a clip of their conversation. Please play uh, it. Giles and her. Are you feeling any better? James picked me. I guess... I guess I was the one he could relate to. He was so sad. Both rest now. I still. Part of me just doesn't understand why she would forgive him. Does it matter? No. I guess not. So, Buffy finally gets off her fucking high horse. Yes. Uh,. And then we cut to the mansion, and Angel is, is trying to scrub the the love, the all his touchy feely human soul emotions off of his body. He feels dirty from it, and uh, Spike's like, uh, you know, they say when you draw blood, you've exfoliated enough, and um, uh. Angel ends up leaving with Drew to go on a hunt before sunrise so that Angel can kill something. and A know. toddler. They're going to kill a toddler. Right. Because he says and, he needs an exceptionally vile kill. Right. To wash the, the feelings out of his system. And uh, Drew asks Spike to come, and Angel's like, nope, this, we got to make this quick. And uh, he's dead weight. He can't come with us. So... So they leave, and um, after they leave, Spike stands up from his wheelchair and um, uh, kind of kicks it to the side. And we that's find the out end that of... he is no longer needing that. Right, and that's the end of our episode. It is, but um, thanks for joining us, everybody. Um... Thank you. <laughs> Have a great, uh... Uh, Jeremy. Yes, yes, yes. Why don't you tell me mm -hmm. how many mm -hmm. star-crossed lovers uh -huh. would you give this episode? Um, I'm going to go in the middle. I'm going to go with a two and a half. Okay. Um, don't love it. Don't hate it. Um, you know, it was one of those bottle episodes, again. Um, but this one wasn't... I didn't like this one as much as our last one. Um, it's It was kind of... 
I don't even know what the term I would want to use. It was just it was just kind of there. Um, I didn't I didn't I couldn't I couldn't get into the relationship of the teacher and the student. There wasn't enough meat there on that bone to where you could be like, oh, you know, I feel it now. I feel you know what I mean and and right. I don't know. This type of story, I don't think, really works that well in a one-hour uh, television program because you need to. I think for this to work, you you need to to really be invested into the relationship between the student and the teacher for this to all, you know, to get them feels going. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the best part, obviously, was was uh, the scene with Angel and Buffy at the end. Um, Clearly, that was, I mean, that was a five by itself. Um, the rest of the episode, you know, take it or leave it. Bottle episode, nothing special. Again, nothing horrible. Um, so, yeah, that's all I got to say. Two and a half. James. Okay. Yes, sir. How many snakes on a motherfucking plane do you give this episode? Once again, Mr. Jeremy, mm-hmm. you and I have vastly different opinions. I don't think we have as vastly different as we did the last time. With passion? Yeah, yeah where I was like a true. zero <laughs> and you were like a seven. Um, yeah. This is another five for me. Oh, okay. This is... I I love this episode. I love everything about it. Okay. Um, like, I'll be honest with you. Um, just that... Just that Buffy and Angel scene alone... Uh, elevates the entire episode for me. Uh, but I didn't find anything wrong with the rest of it either. I loved um, I, I loved the the Giles Willow stuff. Um, uh, I like I loved Giles kind of um, working through the loss of Jenny in the way he was in this episode. Um, and then kind of reluctantly acknowledging, you know, I, you know, I know that I, I always knew this wasn't Jenny, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Um, uh, I, I, I like the dynamic. I know you don't like Drew. I like the dynamic between Angel and Drew and Spike. Um, I'm, I, I like the fact that um, we're kind of, I think we're kind of at a point where as fans, we might be rooting a little bit for spike to show angel. What's what you think? Um, I know I am at, at least like, that's kind of like we obviously, you know, I've made no secret of how much I, I enjoyed the character of angel and Angelus. you know, that's they're my favorite out of the entire Buffy verse right behind Giles. Um, but yeah, when, when Spike stood up and kicked that wheelchair away, I was like, I, I want to see him give Angel what's, what for? Like, I want to see that. I want to see that flow down. Um, but yeah, I, I, I liked the, the, uh, birth for lack of a better term of Willow's, um, uh, arc into becoming, a powerful witch, uh, magics user. Um, yeah, I just, I enjoyed the whole thing. Uh, so yeah, it's a five for me. This is, this goes on the list of episodes I would show someone. 
if they've never seen. And uh, it's definitely an episode that I would leave on if I was flipping through channels and saw that it was on uh, on TV. I was going to say, um, I meant to say this earlier during my exposition. Uh, it actually got a half. It, it probably would have gave it a two normally, but I gave it an extra half point because there was so little Xander in this episode. <laughs> and I'm not kidding yeah. about that. Like, he had, yeah. like, three or four lines, they were, and they were good, funny, little quips. But right. other than that, we didn't have to deal with his misogyny and his normal right. bullshit. So, right. yeah, he got an extra, he got half a point for that. It, it, om- I almost, um, if it wasn't for that Buffy Angel scene, I probably would have deducted at least a half a point just because of that opening willow scene. Like she was being a, just a God awful friend to Buffy. Yeah. I'm giving some really shit advice. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, How about a little monsterology? Okay. What is it? Um, ghosts, poltergeists, whatever you choose to call them, you know, well, I always thought Uh, of ghosts as kind of innocuous, spirits and poltergeists as kind of evil vindictive right that's the way i've always thought of it me too but um they kind of seem to use the terms interchangeably in this episode so you know whatever you choose to call them you know the the vestiges of the departed lingering because they have unresolved business or from now on we'll just we'll just call them caspers (laughs) or or uh unfinished issues um and often possessing or influencing the living to help them move on it it's a plot that it's been seen for years and years and years and years and years and many different storytelling mediums so not breaking any new ground here no um in that regard our body count this week is three uh, we've got Miss, three. Miss Frank shot by George, Grace shot by James, and James shot by him. And probably later we're going to have four because George is probably on death row in San Quentin. <laughs> George, right? And Poor then if bastard. you take into account that, and then if you take into account that toddler, yeah, that the toddler that they're going to fucking eat, are, yeah, are going to murder. But poor fucking five. George, man, he literally committed no crime, and yet he's right. probably more than likely on death row. Right. Yeah. Right. Poor George. Um, nothing really behind the scenes uh, this week. Um, uh, we had the episode pulled a Nielsen rating of 3.6 million on its original air date. So we've got a little bit of a drop. But from, still, uh, people would oh, still, sell their children for those numbers today. Oh, yeah. Still a shit ton you of know. people watching. But, uh, but, but. Uh, a pretty decent drop from from where we've been this season so far, and uh, I'm curious to know why. I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't have time to really look into what else might have been airing that night. Um, Do you remember what the original air date was? The month? It was April. Oh, okay. Huh. I have it no idea. April. Maybe it was Easter time and people weren't home. I don't. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it was April 28th, so it would have been. It, it would have been a Tuesday, obviously. We're, Buffy's on Tuesday nights Oh, now. it was Easter Tuesday. That's what it was. <laughs> to, Easter right. fell on a Tuesday, that that Easter, one and only year. Easter Tuesday, yeah, right. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, our bronze band this week. Was Sucked splendid. ass. Was splendid. 
Yeah, they were not splendid. They were horrible. And her haircut our, was even worse than her singing. Our, <laughs> our music this week was I Only Have Eyes For You, performed by the Flamingos from the album Flamingo Serenade, released by End Records in 1959. Four years after it was supposedly played in this movie. Uh, uh, Charge, performed by Splendid from the album Have You Got a Name for It? released by Mammoth Records in 1999, and also a part of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the soundtrack, released by TVT Records, also in 1999. Um, and I think I mention this every time. You you literally have hated every song that's made its way onto the official Buffy soundtrack, yeah. and I listen to the entire Buffy soundtrack at least once a week. At I, least once a week. It, this... It, it's just not my genre of like n- none of this music is my is my kind of music, you know. So, see, but you call yourself a music guy, and how can you? How well, this is a I legitimate, don't. I don't consider this, is this a legitimate music. question, and I'm not knocking it. Like I understand everyone has their preferences for music, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm genuinely curious how you can call yourself a music guy, and yet you kind of limit yourself to just metal. No, that's not true. That's just me. No, that's just what I'm saying. But no, I love all kinds of genres of music. This particular, the type of this late '90s kind of it's. It, this is post grunge. This is like um, this is almost like neo poppy kind of alternative. Almost, I hate. I don't want to use the word love music, but. It, I don't know. It's just it's just not my it's it's like it's, it's like Lisa Loeb on fucking hair or like on steroids and it's just uh too much. I just it's never like a cool rocking band that's just rocking. It's always like and then my heart bled for you and I just I want to throw myself out a window and you know. Uh, I I I will say a lot of the bands featured in the show are are very um poppy uh like a pop ver- pop version of alternative music yeah it's like pop I, alternative I, I agree, and I agree it's with just that. not i i happen to really <laughs> i happen to love it yeah uh, okay so uh, let's wrap goof this em up, up. <laughs> goof em ups and oopsies uh we already covered this but the version of i only have eyes for you that's featured in this episode uh, wasn't recorded and released until 1959 which is four years after uh, the 1955 events of this episode. Indeed. Uh, even though the song did exist, uh, I think it was originally written um, in 30 30, 34 yeah. uh, for the for the movie Dames. Yeah. Uh, and so it probably it was def- wasn't performed at all like the Flamingos did. Yeah, probably. Which is probably um, why it wasn't a very, you know, big hit. Right, which is probably why it didn't chart until the Flamingos recorded it. Yeah. Um, and that's all I have uh, for this episode. What are your final thoughts, Miss Jeremy? Did you say Miss Jeremy? No, I said Mr. Jeremy. Oh, I was like, whoa. No, um, I don't really have any final thoughts on this episode. Again, it's just a bottle episode. It just is what it is for, for me. Um, but I do, I, I will say I'm, I'm kind of surprised that we are only three episodes away from the end of this season. We are three episodes away from the end of the season. A good time to 
uh, remind the listening and viewing audiences that after we recap uh, Becoming Part 2, our season finale, uh, we will be taking a month-long break before we begin uh, Season 3. We'll basically be so, taking the holidays off. Right. Because the right, way the episodes yeah. are going to fall, I don't think people are going to... I don't think there's going to be not a new episode until I, like, it's going to be a while. <laughs> like, right. Cause right. we're, we're well ahead of, I mean, it's, you know, it's right behind peak behind the curtains, but we're, we're recording this like this, this episode is, right here is not going to drop for three weeks. So we're probably right. going to be well into the holidays before there's not a new episode. And then before you know it, We'll be back from our break, and whammity-mammo. Our final episode will drop on uh, November 28th. There you go, and I think that is, isn't that Thanksgiving Day? No, Thanksgiving Day uh, is a Thursday. Right. And our episodes right. drop Mondays. So, so. It'll drop the Monday after Thanksgiving. Yeah, so, right. wow. So, we will, so after that episode drops, we will be off until... We'll be off for a month starting the 28th. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Like, we might work it out to where we come back um, with the new year. Like, the first Monday of the new year would be, like, our next right. drop. So that might actually right. work out to be just right. a tiny bit more than a month. But anyway, yeah, yeah. it's like we did for the summer uh, when we took our summer uh, break right. between seasons one and two. Right, right. That'll That'll be something we'll hash out closer to that date but our 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 last new episode of buffy season two will drop on the 28th and then we will be taking um a month off from that date so correct so uh, uh again the this is something we'll remind people of over the next yeah we'll, you know, over the next three episodes, episodes we'll be three episodes, we'll be right. reminding you right um so yeah um, Jeremy. Yes. Yes. How about if you uh-huh. this week, right? Tell us uh-huh. how right. the listening and viewing audience uh-huh. can maybe reach out to us if they like to. Nah, fuck them. I ain't telling them. All right. Well then, <laughs> no, go to uh, just go to buffyrevisited.com. That's the simplest, easiest way. Every way there is to connect with us, you're gonna find at buffyrevisited.com. Or just drop us an email at holy shit your dick is huge at I'm mean, I'm sorry wait sorry 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 strike that I told you not to give out my personal email address <laughs> it's uh 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 what is it again what is our email address again uh, <laughs> Buffy revisited at gmail dot com yeah see I don't I don't do this normally so you you <laughs> fucked me up but yeah buffyrevisited.com. dot com I mean that's that's every every which way to find us. Um, I will be personally, I will be leaving Twitter soon myself. Uh, I, I was actually just going to say um, the, the Twitter, our, our official podcast, Twitter account will only be active through the end of Buffy season two. Yeah. Um, At which point we will be shutting it down, uh, you know, uh, because of, uh, the recent uh, <laughs> change in ownership. Yeah, the acquisition Twitter. of Twitter by Satan himself. Uh, right. Is right. a little too much uh, for me. So, 
Right. So we will be uh, we we will be shutting down the uh, the Twitter account. Um, like I said, it it won't be until after we've wrapped up season season two. But you can always find us on Facebook. But right, you, you know, know that's never going to go anywhere to unless yeah. Satan buys Facebook too. Um, right. Um, yeah. So you'll still be able to get, find us on Facebook and YouTube, uh, and obviously email. So yeah. uh, reach out to us. We want to hear from you. Reach we want to talk about in the darkness. Oh, sorry. We want to talk. We want to talk about. Uh, we want to talk about the Buffy verse with you guys. So reach out to us. Let us know how we're doing. Um, Let's talk about the episodes. That's all. That's all. That's it. That's, That's all. all. Um, so next <laughs> please, week. Please, <laughs> please talk to us. <laughs> oh, God, please. Maybe if, maybe if we weren't so inappropriate with the things we say. But we're kind of, yeah. I mean, we are, we are who we are. And we're kind of, we're Gen Xers. We're not p- politically correct. Um, well, I don't. I don't think I mean, we're mean people, but we we're not we people. we drop humor that most it's, super it's woke defi- people would consider inappropriate. Right. It's definitely. And I, I don't apologize I, for it at all. I I say it's off color humor. Yeah, it's definitely well, off color. And by today's it, super woke right. standards, we would be canceled immediately. <laughs> it's not. Um, none of it is meant with any ill intent. No. Um. Uh. It's it like I said. It's off color. I mean, at least we're not. Uh, at least we're not dropping. None of our jokes are are uh, uh, racist or misogynistic or no. anything like that. Um, so, uh, you know, if I want to joke about necrophilia, I'll joke about necrophilia. Goddamn right. <laughs> and with that anyway. being and with that being said, next week we're going to be jumping into season two, episode twenty, Go Fish. It's an episode where the Scoobies are going to visit a, a retirement community and they are going to play an hour long game of Go Fish with a bunch of dementia ridden old bags. Right. And because uh, what, what happens is we're let's just dive into it a little bit. They go. It's a school. It's like an adopt a grandparent thing through the high school. Yep. And they go, and the the old folks are like, "Do you want to play bridge?" And they're like, "We don't know how to play bridge." And they're yeah. like, "How about pinochle?" And we, we don't we're know not how to seventy. Play we don't know how to play that. Right. We don't know how to play pinochle. And then Xander's like, "We know how to play go fish." And then you've got thirty more minutes of. Um, just them playing. And ultimately, really Buffy loses. Yeah. Goes insane and mm-hmm. kills all the old people. Right. So, um, so spoiler in, alert. In, in retrospect, I don't think we're going to bother covering the episode. No, we, that was it just, right there. I'll just cut this just out of this it. episode and we can upload it as the next, uh, next we'll one. We'll drop it. It'll be, it'll be the shortest episode we've ever done, even shorter than Passion. And probably not short enough for people who hate us. Right. Uh, but they they shouldn't be listening anyway. Fuck them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, and if, but, if if you are hate listening, thank you. Yeah, hate listen, hate fuck, whatever. I'm okay wow. with them. Okay, uh, <laughs> let's wrap it up. Play without, the outro, Jeremy. Play without, the outro. <laughs> we will. Uh, thank you for joining us this week. We look forward to seeing you next week. I have been one of your hosts. I'm Jeremy. I've been your other host, James. Ta ta. 